Hi, welcome to Diary of a Sex Therapist. My name is Elizabeth Aquinelli. On this podcast, what I do is share my stories embedded with lessons that are useful for you. Remember, our goal is to be spiritual, to be smart and be sexy every single day. Of course, there are days we forget to be, but then we pick up these lessons when we remember, we stick to them, we fight through. We've been on a series called Nakedness is Next to Godliness, and it has been quite controversial, especially with the title. Oh, by the way, it's the title of my book too. And a few times people see it, what comes to their mind is, how, how, how? You know that shock. What do you mean by nakedness is next to godliness? Especially in a society where godliness is defined by how long your skirts are. Nakedness has been open, it's been true, it's been genuine. That's the angle we're coming from. And this is the fourth part of the series. So if you haven't listened, please go back, 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 back. <laughs> and go listen to the other episodes because I promise you, it will change your response to life. Our first episode was Nakedness is Next to Godliness, the introductory section. And then we had Naked with God and Naked with Self. And now we're about to have Naked with Community. Naked with Community. A lot of times people are quick to say, oh me, I'm a lone ranger. I don't have time for people. I'm always on the move. I'm chasing my dreams. Trust me, I am pro chasing your dreams. I am pro everything the Lord has called you to be. I mean, our next series is staying in your call. I'm very strong on staying in your call. If you followed me on Facebook, I had done almost a 14 part teaching on staying in your call. And that's what's giving birth to my next book, Staying in Your Call. I'm very particular about it. But we can't stay in our call by ourselves. Because you're not sent to grasses. You're not sent to goats. And even if you are, you have to do some form of communication. You have to find a way to communicate with goats. <laughs> Sorry, it's hilarious in my head. <laughs> but really... We take pride in being so lonely that it's scary and it's weird. If we are Christians, if we are followers of Jesus, then we have to take a cue from him. Jesus had disciples. He didn't have servants. People. Jesus didn't have servants. He didn't have people who ran to carry his bag and people who ran around when he came. Mary and Martha were classical examples. One of them wanted to cook and serve him and make sure he has eaten well, make sure the other guys are attended to, make sure everything was put in order. And all Jesus cared about was that the others sat. He described it as how she has picked the better portion. So Jesus wasn't particular about servitude. Did people serve him? Of course. Did people run to attend to him? Of course. But Jesus wasn't crazy about people being servants. He was more concerned about people connecting. That's why at the Passover, he was washing their feet. He was giving them an example of how the least, the person who can serve, is the greatest. So this is not a case of, I'm pursuing my dreams, that's why I don't have time for people. No, that cannot be the case. That absolutely cannot be the case. Jesus had disciples. Jesus ministered to people in their thousands. Jesus had people in their 500. Then he had his 70. Then he had his 12. Then he had his three. Oh, and of course, John the Beloved. When Jesus went to Gethsemane, he didn't go alone. 
those guys slept off on him. But he still went with them. Literally, there are times when you need people to watch with you and they will sleep off on you. It doesn't mean you have to go alone. If Jesus had gone to Gethsemane alone that night, who would have witnessed when the soldiers came? Who? Who would have cut off the ear of the soldier and how would he have left that last lesson about how those who live by the sword die by it? It was important that they were there. How was he going to teach the lesson? How was he going to ask his friends to watch with him for an hour? How would we have learned that we could watch with the other people for an hour? See, many times, what we're trying to do is avoid hurts. But whether we like it or not, this is crazy, annoying fact. Hurts would come. Not because people want to hurt us, but because they have different approaches to things. They have different reactions. They have different psychological needs pushing them part time. While you may be chasing the need for variety, someone may be chasing the need for certainty. And so if both of you don't find a meeting point, you would offend each other. It doesn't mean suddenly that relationship is crappy. No, it just means you have different needs. So let's come back to today's session and come to it with an open heart. Come to it with a willingness to learn. Come to this session today with an open heart. Knowing what happens here. What you pick up from here can revolutionize your relationships. Naked with community. To be naked is to be genuine. I like that word best because of a particular scene in a movie. I think it was a Hallmark movie where the lady was following tips for a relationship. And she kept saying the man was not genuine. And her mom asked her a question. Are you being genuine? In an attempt to get the man of her dreams, in quote, she began to cut off a few things. Her favorite things. She wanted to go out to only the places he wanted to go to. She cut back on her laughter. That was not being genuine. That was, that was being fake. And that can be from any side of the story. It can be from cutting down your laughter to cutting down your pain. Just go back and listen to the introduction. If you've ever heard me teach nakedness to godliness to an audience, then you've heard the story how we were worshipping in school. And we were saying, I give my joy, I give my money and all those sweet things away so you can use me. And the Lord said, why do you hold back your fear? I mean, why do we want to get pure and then come into the presence of God like purity wasn't in the presence waiting for us to come? If I can't lose an addiction in worship, where am I supposed to lose it? That's been genuine. That's been true. That's been naked. It's coming to God do I am, knowing that answers are in his presence. We come to our community as superheroes. We want to figure it all out. We are so strong. We never have get so many experiences. Our family members, our friends, our relatives, our business partners, they've never had the privilege to watch with us. They've never had the privilege to pray with us. They've never had the privilege to hold our hands. They've never had the privilege of holding us breaking down. They've never had the privilege of seeing us cry. They've never had the privilege of us needing help or needing them. When you don't need people, when people feel they are not needed for a long period of time, after a while they switch off. And so you feel like a family and friends are not caring, they are not there. But you probably made them feel like they're useless to you all the years. That's one side of the story. It's so possible that you've been so strong every day, every time that people feel like, ah, he'll figure it out. Ah, it's Lisa, she'll figure it out. 
I didn't know how I used to do that until my best friend in secondary school said to me one day, if it's you, you'll find a way. It sounded like a compliment until months down the line, I realized he actually dodged my problem that day. He avoided attending to it because I always figured it out. And so even when I needed help that day, he just felt, you figure it out. While it was a compliment, it was also an avoidance technique because I had always put off receiving help that they feel even if they tried, I was not going to use their advice. I was not going to use their help. I was not going to need them eventually. And people hate it. People hate not to be needed. Even you hate it. If you were at a job where you only had to come in in the morning, clock in and clock out in the evening, I promise you in three months' time, you'll be writing a resignation letter because you'll be bored. If you had a romantic partner who never needed you financially, never needed you emotionally, never needed you spiritually, never needed you sexually, you would have no reason to even want to continue into marriage because there's no need. See, some of the fun part of dating people is the way you need them. Is that sometimes sexually you feel like, oh, if we were married right now, that is something to look forward to when you get married. Your business partners is that when you're stuck financially, when you're stuck making decisions, when you're stuck with your team, you know you have people to count on. So I'm going to ask you one question. Have you been using your community? I know there are people you want to reach out to that you haven't reached yet. But the ones you have right now, have you been utilizing them? Your friends, your family, your business partners, your romantic partner. Or have you been the superhero who needs no help? This is one. This is just one thing you can do with your community. Utilize it. Two, have you been useful to other people in your community? Are you trustworthy? If someone was weak in your community, can your family members call you? Can your friends call you? Can they be in an emergency ward and say, call Lisa, she'll come through? Are you the person people can call? Or are you the one who is always too busy for everybody? You're always missing in action. You are so pursuing purpose that every other person's purpose is useless in your eyes. You're the most important person that ever lived. Because this thing, there are sides to this story. There are people who are always present for other people that they don't know how to receive. And there are people who are so busy. I won't say you are... How do I put it? You are so focused on what you need to achieve that you are almost invincible. Years ago, a pastor friend of mine got home and his son called him uncle. You don't get in Nigeria. I mean, Nigeria is a community family country. A son calls his father uncle because he was always absent. He visits the house. The man used to visit his house. He was always busy ministering, ministering, ministering. The day he and the wife told me the story, it was hilarious. But it wasn't funny in the actual scenario. He was always traveling for ministrations and he would visit his house. And so every time he came, he was always with gifts and all. And his son felt this was their uncle. He couldn't have been their dad. Their dad would have been living with them. And traveled every once in a while. But their uncle would have visited them every once in a while. Which makes sense to me when I think like a child. Are you that person? The one family members feel like, ah, if he's available. There are people that we don't even invite for events. We don't bother. Because we know they won't show up. 
You just wake up one morning, your friends are married, nobody called you. Someone gave birth, nobody called you. Someone was in the hospital, nobody called you. Someone had a crisis, nobody called you. Then, sweetheart, you have a problem. No, everybody cannot be wrong on this one. It's either you are someone they can't rely on. And that's a major issue. That's a major issue. If you want to enjoy community, if you want to be whole the way God designed you to be, then community has got to be something you do. You have to invest in it. And investment is time. Investment is emotion. Investment is perhaps money and resources. And finally, are you someone we can trust to tell us the truth in a community? When Peter was going to get sifted, Jesus said, the devil has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. But he told Peter, I've made stupid mistakes in my life, like watching my girlfriends get into relationships. I know we're toxic for them. And when they broke up, I was dancing. Like, oh, I knew you were not going to marry him. But months later, I started asking myself, how did I allow her say yes date him hurt so much watch them break up and then i'm happy for her that she's single away from him why didn't i just prevent it from the beginning i'm the therapist i'm the one who saw the signs i know i couldn't have instructed her but as her friend it was my duty to let her know now if it was the first time it was forgivable but she was the second person i had done it to so I knew, okay, I show up for my friends. My friends show up for me. I'm learning to accept help. But I'm not genuine enough to let my friends know when they're about to make crazy mistakes. And that is not what a community member will do. The mistakes you will not permit yourself to make. If you allow your friends to make it because you don't want to put your mouth in their life. You're not being true. You're being wicked because you could have prevented them from that year, that hurt. You could have prevented them from making that wrong business investment. You could have. That's what community members do. Jesus could have allowed the devil sift Peter as wheat. He could have, but he didn't. He prayed for him. You sense in your spirit that something is about to go wrong with someone. It's only spiritual. That you pray for them. That's what a community member will do. Because you're being genuine. To be genuine is also to be present every single time. It's to be true with yourself and with every member of your community. Can people trust you? Can they rest that you are there? Can the people in your life be useful for you? Can you drink from them when you are tired? Can you allow them replenish you? And can you be honest enough when you need to chastise someone? Can you be honest enough and receive chastisement from someone? Because that's what community does. I recommend that you get the book, Nakedness is Next to Godliness. is at www.ministerliza.xyz forward slash store forward slash store ministerliza.xyz forward slash store that book is written by five or six counselors who taught individual sessions in our naked human series and we put it together into one book you would be grateful 
that you read it because it would revolutionize your relationship, your marriage, your upbringing, the way you're growing. And if you're trying to break through abuse and addictions, it is important that you read that book because I couldn't cover everything in this four-part series on the podcast. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining in. If this was helpful, please share it with your friend. Until next week, when we begin our series, stay in your call. I am so excited because it's high time we stayed where the Lord has called us to be, where we are that army who does not jostle or break ranks. Bye.